Grim. How the hell are you? I'm okay. I am calling you from a mountaintop right now. Guess where at? Uh, well, there are a lot of mountains in the world. I don't know. Give me a continent or something. No. Guess. Uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. Nope. All right. You're in the Rocky Mountains. Back to our old Colorado stomping grounds. Nope. All right. You're um, Swiss Alps. Nope. Italian Alps. Nope. Japanese Alps. Nope. Korean Alps. Nope. French Alps. Nope. Australian Alps. No. New Mexican Alps. No. I don't know. Tell, tell me where you are. No. <laughs> all right. I'm going back to doing what I was doing. All right? No, Rob. Listen, I am in a sticky situation, and I need your help. Yet Guess a, where I'm at. Yet again, you need me to bail you out of something. No, Rob. I don't. I just want your approval. That's all I'm looking for always is your approval, Rob. Okay. Could what you al- just try and act like you care for once? What am I approving? Black Friday, Rob. It's What's your be idea? It's going to be amazing. What's your idea? All right. I'm in Mongolia right now, and I'm with this eagle trainer. He's trained these eagles to deliver things. We are going to hand-deliver tutorials to everyone on Black Friday. Think about it. You're sitting there, you hit the buy button, and then, boom, a few minutes later, this eagle comes soaring down and gives you a tutorial. A few minutes later. A few minutes later yeah. after you buy. So we yeah. have They're thousands Am- of people yeah. that are going to be – so we're getting thousands of eagles They're to Amazon. deliver thousands? They're Amazon Prime eagles. Oh, my God, this idea. Primals. Briegels. Bankruptcy. I hear bankruptcy right now. No, that is Hank, and he's an eagle. He's like the alpha eagle. His name's Hank. All right. Gary. Are you with me or against me, Rob? Oh, no, I'm totally not with you. I'm going back to bed. God. Back to the drawing board. Welcome to the RGG EDU podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. In this episode, we're sitting down with Caroline Jensen, who is a eclectic photographer out of Minnesota. <laughs> was, that, was that a good? How Minnesota. Was, was that? Yeah, a, yeah. How, how's my Minnesota accent? It's it's pretty good. Don't you know? come on? It needs don't work. you know? Needs yeah. A, don't you know? Yeah. And also, we know? have Rob Graham, and I'm Gary Martin. I'm here. Don't you and know? This is a podcast where we sit down and. Get into the minds of eclectic photographers. <laughs> right. So what does it mean to be an eclectic photographer? It means I shoot whatever I want. Whatever, whatever I want. you want. Yeah. That must mean that you're your own client. I Well, I kind of am. You know, I shoot for stock is one of the things I do. So I kind of shoot what I want and they take what they want and I, you know. How long have you been doing that? Uh, about 2014. I work with a, a, a stock agency called Offset. And they approached me in 2014 when they launched, and they're sort of a fine art branch of Shutterstock. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's go back into the early days of, of when you first started. How did you were you given a camera by your dad? Oh college? No, no, no. How did no. you, you get into this crazy industry? When I was in high school, I wanted to be a photographer, but I couldn't afford it because way back then in '92. Uh, it was film still pretty much and I couldn't afford the film for the class so uh, you know you needed 20 rolls a month or something and I was really sad about it so fast forward many years later I have four little kids and I am trying to shoot manual with a Canon elf that had two megapixels you know, and my husband felt sorry for me, so he sold his motorcycle so I could buy. Wow, a nice! Camera. That's love right there. You sold yes. his Yes, and it wasn't it wasn't just any motorcycle. It was a 1980 CBX with eight cylinders or something. I don't know. It was it was this huge engine, and yeah. it was this 
it was his baby, so it was. I've never cool. even heard of a CBX. CBX, but yeah, CBX. There was a yeah. Is that a Minnesotan should... thing? Mm-mm. No, 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 no. It's got kind of a cult following. It's a really powerful motorcycle, and he had had a Harley before that, and he sold it to buy farm equipment. <laughs> Where we farm on the side, that's my husband's alley. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he was really sweet, and I, he gave me about four thousand dollars and said, "Wow." Well, and that wasn't all of it. He kept some of the money, but anyway, uh, he gave me enough to go get a camera and a lens. And I was just a dog with a bone after that. I wanted to know absolutely everything, and I just soaked it up. I, it was, I was pretty obsessed, and I so still am. What did I you start am. shooting? What were the first subjects that you? Were- uh, my kids probably. Uh, early on, I really decided I liked macro photography. I love to find beauty. I'm obsessed with light. I think most photographers are, but uh, with me, uh, maybe a little bit more obsessed than the normal. <laughs> and yeah, so I just started to shoot everything. And then uh, as time progressed, I wanted to learn more. And I started to join forums where people would talk about photography, give feedback and all of that. And I was with a forum that was pretty, uh, it, they didn't understand me because I just wanted to shoot and I wasn't necessarily at that time looking to get heavy into business and so I felt a little bit like I I didn't fit in I wanted to know that camera I wanted to understand the zone system I wanted to know how to meter everything I want to know how lights worked Uh, but because I wasn't actively looking and starting a business I was raising four kids I mean I, I had four little kids at the time and I just didn't have time and, uh, but, you know, I eventually left the, the first group I was with and I joined a place called Click and Moms, which was just started by a handful of moms who wanted to be really good at photography. And this uh, little company grew from just a handful of women to a Fortune 500 company. And yeah, it's, it's a huge company. It is. Are you still is. a part of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I teach four workshops through uh, Click. The, 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 the umbrella is uh, Click and Company, and I teach with their branch called Click Photo School, and I work on the forum called Click and Moms, although there's more men in there now, but it's, it's really? a big force in the industry. Uh, we have a great conference I just got back from. It's, it's uh, a unique thing. It's a really is amazing thing. Click and Dad's a thing? You know, actually, we do have clicking dads. It's yeah. funny because I'll have the random man, a man who comes into my workshops, and uh, he'll say, well, can I be here? Am I a clicking dad? And I said, well, absolutely. But the truth is we don't just have dads and moms. We have single people, young people, old people, retired people, people who won't decide that they want to pick up a camera to shoot their grandchildren. Clicking grandmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clickin', Everybody. Clicking nana. Yeah, <laughs> and it isn't just that either. They, you know, we have landscape photographers, uh, fine art portraiture. We have everything. Every genre is represented there. Uh, it just happens to be the majority are women. So, how did you get into stock photography, and how, how's they, that going for you? It's it's going pretty well. You know, I think it is what you put into it, and it's one of those things that you have to really be constantly uploading to the agency to have them look through your work and call and. You know, the keeper rates, depending on the company, are – it varies, but, you know, you have to be consistent. I make some fun money from it, I would say. But I do have friends who are dedicated. That's what they do. And so, you know, they make a pretty good income from it. Yeah, there are a lot of photographers who shoot only stock. Yeah. Um, and they yeah. take a lot of assignments from the actual stock yes. agency. Do, do mm-hmm. you work that way, or are you just really shooting what you want? I kind of shoot what I want, although if as time – uh, presents itself I want to shoot more assignments you know like for instance they put out a call for you know elderly uh, people that are very active you know and I, my my dad and I hate to call him elderly he's 72 and he's in better shape than I am uh, yeah. but he moved in with us and so you know I thought well maybe I can shoot him uh, 
I take the assignments that make sense for me. Uh, I don't usually invest a whole lot in setting up scenes, but say if they need a family, I'll I'll bring someone into my studio and. Are you frustrated when they don't take images that you're like, oh, that was so yeah, good? Yeah. Why are you not taking that? Well, the weird thing is, like, the, my number one selling image is a bowl of oatmeal with bananas in it. So <laughs> it's so random. I have images that I labored over for a long time editing, and then the bowl of oatmeal that I edited, maybe. Uh, oatmeal is my favorite thing for breakfast. <laughs> Mine too. That's, not, that's so delicious. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Oatmeal bowl or an oatmeal muffin. There's a little bakery in Ooh. South Dakota that has oatmeal muffins that are – awesome and i actually flew down with uh eight of them so i could eat them for breakfast (laughs) so anyway yeah so my bowl of oatmeal so for someone that shoots everything have you thought of specializing and taking your brand online or social into one type of genre oh yeah oh yeah um i really love uh documenting things i like document you know documentary family photography uh it's just it's finding the time to do it uh, if I had a free schedule, I would be jumping into that probably or doing fine art portraits in a more uh, r- researched way, you know, working with yeah. somebody one-on-one for a long, you know, uh, over a period of time to create a portrait for their wall specifically. That I love as well. I kind of go both directions. Yeah, because it, it looks like on your Instagram, you, I mean, there's a lot of still life. There's a lot of yeah. kind of food. Yeah, um, so yeah. Are those, yeah. those are for stock? Um, I did a workshop for food photography recently and shooting for that uh, was pretty intense. So, uh, you know, I did that for a time. You know, I'm usually driven by whatever project Click and Moms or Click and Company has (laughs) need of. Uh, So, uh, you know, I I, I, that's probably why I'm so diverse. Yeah. 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 Rob Rob is a food photographer. Yeah, it was. It's hard. He was in a previous life. Isn't it hard? Um, It's fun. Yeah, but I love it. I yeah. love shooting food. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a mini crisis, you know, because I was shooting all this food, and it's really light critical. I mean, you have to either oh. use artificial light or yeah. something if it's – I had these, all these deadlines. So I was quickly getting set up with some LED lights to, to work because kale with salad dressing on it only looks good for about five minutes, and then it starts to go gray on you. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So it was an eye-opening experience getting a lot of work done in a very short period of time. Yeah, I've always relied on there, – there's some editorial food stuff that I've done, but I've always done the commercial stuff and really uh-huh. relied on the food stylist and the food styling team to See? kind of pull everything <laughs> I had together. to be everything, and that was yeah. a lot. But, you know, what I do also poses real challenges because I can be working for craft, and I might have five or six people from the brand there just making sure that everything looks good, plus, you know, two, three, four people from the ad agency and a couple <laughs> food styling like a little teams. stress, right? Well, like, it can be – it's weird because you can actually have – 18 people on a set shooting, you know, a bunch of burgers in a day. And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. Burgers that you can't eat afterwards because it's got chemicals on them. Oh, that, some, that was the most frustrating some part. Of do. Yeah. All the food was uneditable. It was just like yeah. throwing it away. It's such a waste. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it does. Well, the projects I work on were actually for people who wanted to photograph their own food. So it was all real. But the, the statute of limitations on a lot of food is like, Five minutes yeah, <laughs> before it starts to melt or squash or you know start to look really yeah. bad so. it became a thing for me though to actually take a bite of some of the food of the food that we were eating <laughs> With so you could get into on? the the mindset of your subject like how would you know, nah, at, just after it was done after i nailed that shot boom, boom take a bite of it boom yeah take boom. a bite of it take a bite hmm. you, never saw that? you never saw me do that no i was too yeah. busy working hard <laughs> 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 Well played, Gary. Martin. So you, you're one of Sony's 
Artisans, right? Yes. Yeah. One of their artisan team. Because I thought it was artisans, not artisan like a well. That's water. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a well. Yeah. The artisan team. <laughs> artisan team. You're one of the Sony artisans. It's. I'm so starstruck by the whole thing. There's some amazing artists and and just. How did that come about? Yeah, how did that relationship develop with Sony? Oh, it's so funny. Uh, I was actually teaching at a conference in uh, Salt Lake City in 2014 for Click and Company. And uh, the uh, just prior to that, I had a full-page spread in their magazine, Click Magazine, uh, shot on uh, the new Sony A7S. I had switched from Canon to Sony. And I was in the magazine. Uh, Kayla Lindquist, who's in charge of the artisans, apparently saw that and went out to Salt Lake City to meet me. I guess. <laughs> and nice. yeah, so I really didn't understand the, what was going on because they had had a very set team of their artisans for almost 10 years. They had this, this core group and they were expanding. So she, she asked me to join and I was very starstruck. I thought, I am just this little girl from Minnesota who takes pictures. Uh, but they've been absolutely wonderful. They are such an amazing company. They listen so closely to what we say and what we say about the gear and, uh, it's just really amazing to be part of that team. So were you shooting Sony at the time? Or? Yeah, I had just switched. I had switched from uh, Canon to Sony. See, I had fallen out a window. When I Wait, was, what? <laughs> yeah, I love stories that start like back that. Up. So you see, I, I wasn't drunk, I promise you. No, when, I, when my kids were little, I had had a newborn. And uh, we have a really old house, a 140-year-old house. And there was this big iron lock thing that was over outside the door it had been a storage room or something and it went out was a bedroom so when I got my sons out of bed from their nap my one three-year-old ran out the door and he slammed it so hard that this iron thing I don't know bolt uh like a deadbolt that you put a deadbolt through it, it flipped over and and made the door stick and lock so that I could not get out I was trapped in this room and I had a newborn downstairs who was screaming and I thought what am I going to do because this was before cell phones and you know everybody having something on them personally every minute and I had to get out to get to the baby so I tied all the sheets together and crawled out the window and it all would have been great except except my watch caught on a nail that was sticking outside the windowsill so I had made my way out and I pulled and yanked and and the, the watch broke and I lost my grip, oh and I God. fell and landed square on my butt on the ground. Oh, man. And I, it was like this reverberation shock that goes up your spine. And the long story short, I just, I was shooting heavy gear uh, later, you know, and I constantly had to manage that back and neck issue. And I simply could not hold, to, you know, 10 pounds in front of my eyes mm-hmm. anymore. Oh, wow. I just couldn't. I would use a monopod all that I could, but I'm a kind of an organic moving shooter. You can't do macro photography, really. You can on a tripod, but you can't be very spontaneous with it. it. You know, I just needed a smaller, and I looked at all the options, and I wanted full frame. I did not want to give up what I had, uh, and Sony was the one that had what I needed. So yeah, They're amazingly lightweight. They are. They put and so I much used, in, yeah. in a small, small package. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. Yeah, I got to beta test the new... Uh, a7 III. What do you think? It's it's incredible. I was so blown away. You know, I didn't have the spec sheet when I had the, the unit sent to me because they didn't release that. So I'm sitting here trying to figure out how many frames per second it's shooting and it's 10. Uh, and I figured that out. And But the focus points, you know, I would zoom, take the little joystick and move all the focus points around. I'm like, wow, they go, it's like my A9. It goes everywhere. And and the, the, the thing that kind of freaked me out was I needed to shoot JPEG. Mm-hmm. 
because they didn't have a raw processor con conversion. You know, Lightroom didn't have that ready. Sony didn't have that ready. So it was JPEGs, and I was like, I have to turn in JPEGs for them because uh, I'm a raw yeah. person. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, freaked me out a little bit, but they were so amazing. I mean, the dynamic range was all there. I, I shot in some pretty challenging conditions, and I was able to open shadows and bring down highlights. It was it didn't function as a full-on raw, but man, it was mm -hmm. it was really close. And I was able to get some amazing files for them, which, you know, I was all worried. <laughs> I'm, you know, I heard they're making improvements on the JPEG file. They type. are. Yeah, they they're are. JPEGs innovating. come a long They way. are. It's come like, so far. Who does that? What's that? Who, who innovates I don't know who JPEG? Does. <laughs> I don't Rob, know. Anyone fact checker? Will you look that up? Who makes Where sure? does JPEG come from? And yeah, well, what no I noticed is that the skin tone rendition was so beautiful, and yep. uh, they were they were just really beautiful files, and I, it was fun. It was really fun, stressful a little bit because I wanted to do well for them uh, with the limit within the limitations, but it was fun. Yeah. So, what does the average work week look like for you? What do you <laughs> I spend about fifty hours sitting at my computer with a muffin and a cat on my lap and kids <laughs> running around me. No, my kids are older, but they—I have uh, two that, well, one that still homeschools and one that's in regular school, and so I have a lot of activity. And then I talk to people online all day. <laughs> all day long. Not all day. I mean, it's off and on. I, I have students all over the world, so I'm really cognizant of the fact that there's going to be a lot of questions in the morning when people that are overseas are, are working on their assignments. And uh, so I just, I catch them. They, they tag me all day long and I, <laughs> you know, there's that. And then there's always projects working behind the scenes, you yeah. know, working on stuff for Click and Company. Uh, what does your yeah. desk look like right now? Well, I have one of those like standing desk things yeah. that, that moves Which up. Which one did you get? A uh, Veridesk or something. Yeah. yeah, I have one of those. And I used to have a walking desk, but when we built this new house that we that we're living it's in, a walking desk does it go with you? Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it has a treadmill on it. It's like oh, a desk yeah, yeah. that has a treadmill. Oh yeah, right. And my husband did not want to bring it because it's ugly. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> want to bring it to the new house, so we own a second house. Our, our original house is our farmhouse, so it's still there. But I got a little Vera desk thing, and then it has just external hard drives and muffin crumbs. I'm sure. What's your backup solution look like? My backup solution? Yeah. Oh, I've got a whole bunch of externals. I have a big Seagate right now, and I need to do better. But I, 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 I travel a lot, and I filled yeah, up so much. My, if I have one more external come in the mail, my husband's gonna kill me. You know, I need to get a better. You got to store stuff somewhere. Yeah. You're like the crazy cat lady, but the crazy hard drive lady. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just ridiculous. Well, it's getting better because you know I was shooting the A7R2, which has those 42 megapixel, and by the time I edit them, some of them they're really, really big, and so I fill up a lot of hard drives. I want to go back to the walking desk. What is it like to be on a treadmill while at a desk? Does that really work? It really works. It really works. It absolutely works. I uh, I could do all correspondence. You know, I can easily type as I'm walking, and I can actually go to pretty fair clip. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. The only thing I can't do is edit. I mean, you can't use a Wacom pen or, you know, you can't get really, you know. Jeremy Cowher was telling me that that was the way to do it. He's recently switched to a standing desk and was walking, and he's like, yeah, even when I'm eating lunch, uh, I'm, I'm walking. Oh, all yeah. my email, like you I'm can log like twelve hours or twelve miles, you know, yeah. in like yeah, you don't even realize you're doing it's like, it. Like I have more energy because I'm doing it. Yes. Hell, let's get one. <laughs> right? Should, I mean, I try it. Your brain yeah. works better. I loved I love to uh, record feedback when I was walking because I, I felt like I could think clearer. 
Yeah. Hmm. I don't fall asleep, you know, fall asleep on myself. It's more alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So are you drawn to one particular subject? You shoot a variety of things, but are, do you like the macro and, and working with natural light? What's your favorite thing to shoot? Oh, well, it, there's two. I really, really love to take portraits of my kids, and I also love to do portraits of other people, but more so my kids because they're available. Mm-hmm. I am obsessed with light, so I love Rembrandt and you know studying art and then translating what I study in art to pictures directly. You know, How can I take this beautiful image that I saw at the you know, MIA? art you know institute in, in Minneapolis and, and transfer that to a, photo- a photograph that's true to me so not necessarily the same subject or or the same even look but just how it resonated with me and then transfer for that to a picture so that's kind of a personal thing that I do uh, but macro is a passion oh mm-hmm. my goodness I love to put on my uh, wellies the, you know these high rubber boots mm-hmm. and I have 82 acres of wildflowers wow we have a farm, and it's it's kind of a backdoor way of getting myself flowers. Uh, we put it into a program uh, for the conservation of pheasants. All right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so uh, we planted it for you know, natural pollinators and pheasant habitat, which happens to have a lot of flowers. So so does the state give you funds or give you A little bit of need? subsidy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that we can preserve the, the land for right. nature. And, but it's perfect for me because I can get out there and just scout around with my camera, and it's it's complete therapy for me. That mm. is getting lost, and it doesn't matter how stressful my life is. I can go out there for an hour or two and just treasure hunt. Do you know all the Latin names of the flowers? No, I'm really bad at that. I have a cheat sheet, though. Of what? what of all the flowers, are, yeah. because we planted. Oh, I, I don't I don't want to get the number wrong, but it was like fifteen thousand dollars worth of flowers. Good seeds Lord. that we that, yeah it was a lot of money it's um, a lot of little tiny seeds to it is and they have a very well set up system they they come out and plant it for you and oh, you don't even have to plant it take well yeah it? we hired it done so that it was wow. done right because you have to be really careful about getting it uh, properly I mean they wait like rolled it out on yeah. the ground to weight things down but anyway it's beautiful can't mix pansies and daisies they don't, <laughs> they don't get along well well no the, they're it's a blood sport they'll fight to the death. Pansies and daisies. Did you know that? They I did not know did that. They did yeah. not get along very well. No. That's interesting. Yeah. One starts taking over, and the other one, like you know, gets aggressive. <laughs> aggressive flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you would I, think that they wouldn't, but you think do. that they'd be sweet and passive and loving, but no, yeah. they're they're a blood sport. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> That's kind of it's kind of true, though. I mean, they 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 really jockey for positions. I mean, they, you can see the struggle in the beginning of spring when everything's coming up. Like, who's going to win? Who's going to get the Wait, you're in Minnesota. Do you actually have spring? I thought you only had <laughs> yeah, winter goes from winter and light winter. September till July. There's then, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, I tried to plant a garden last year, and I think it was the July or June tw- June 25th when I finally got my garden in. I mean, that's depressing. Well, wow, that's really late. It is. But, you know, in the spring, the dandelions do come up, and, and I have a I love them because we raise bees as well. Uh, I'm not a very good beekeeper, but we try. And uh, that's their first food. So there are little weeds and things that come up in April and maybe late March if we don't have another freeze, but we always do. Uh, but, yeah, I'm always searching for whatever's there. I like to find beauty in the in the ugly. So since you do a lot of natural light and mm-hmm. you do a lot of nature stuff, are you pretty hampered by the winter? I do dead leaves. <laughs> If, yeah. you look, if you look through my portfolio, I actually, for the this camera that I was beta testing, I wanted to get outside a little bit. And some of the files that I sent them were actually 
these little dead leaves hanging on in negative mm. 15 below Damn. weather. Yeah, that's crazy. Dedication. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also wanted to test the battery to see how the battery life would be in really cold weather. So I pushed myself a little bit more than maybe I would. I was a little less of a wimp than I normally am so that I could test that battery to see if it would drain, and it didn't. It was great. So what personal projects are you working on now? Anything in the back burner? Mm. Or front burner? Either burner. (laughs) Either burner. The the side burner. Um, Don't forget the little about the griddle? (laughs) The griddle burner. You 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 got a project on the griddle? (laughs) <laughs> oh man a project on the griddle i think well i have several projects i want to do some portrait work with uh, little kids i haven't done that in a while i had one gal that came into the studio and she had her little rabbit her little stuffed rabbit that she loves so much you know and i like to have stories in my images it's really hard for me to just take a picture of somebody you know uh a, tra- a traditional studio portrait because I don't feel connected to it. So I need to have the, the child or whoever's in the studio have something that they're holding or talking about that means something to them. And so I did uh, some pictures with a little girl. She was holding her bunny, and then the mom brought her wedding veil, you know, and put it on the little girl. There has to be a story for me to feel connected to it. So I'd like to do more of that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And how often are you teaching? Oh, usually, well, it depends on the year, but. At least, well, last year I think I taught nine out of 12 months. That's a lot. And they're a month long. And so it's in that, you know, on top of conference teaching and stuff like that, it, it gets to be a lot. So that's part of the reason why shooting is so sporadic for me. I do it for fun. That's why the macro is so important to me because that is what I can do to sort of refill my tank yeah. and feel good about life again. What do you like about teaching? I love the students. The thing that I had to ask myself when I when I started all the teaching was, you know, what is important to me? And to me, uh, the feedback from the students, having them email me six months later and say, look, I did this because of something you taught me. And it's all shaken down, and now I understand what you were teaching, and I was able to put it into practice, and thank you. That... Um, that is so much more moving to me than somebody saying, oh, that's a really cool picture you took. You know, I like working with people. I like helping them be successful. I like having them say, how do I make this image? You know, can you help me? And I can guide them through to show them, you know, this maybe this focal length will work for what you're looking for. Um, that connection with people is so important, and I have made so many amazing friends, the kind of friends that if your husband was dying, they would come be with you, you know, through them being my student first and and that connection with people is what gets me up in the morning so yeah yeah it's interesting the way um communities have really changed in photography oh yeah um in the last few years they have just really um i think become very immersive people Mm -hmm. are very very connected through photography now yeah yeah the work the workshop environment that we work in is uh such that there's a lot of chatter that goes on about other things outside of photography and people get or forge really strong relationships through the workshops. I have a lot of repeat students who will take one workshop and then they'll take another one and they'll bring another friend along with them and uh, then they'll make more friends and then they'll start a Facebook group and pretty soon you know you have these people that are flying over to see each other. Uh, one of my I taught a, you know at this uh, uh, our conference for where I work was in uh, Clickaway it's called it was in Florida uh, just last week and my friend Emma Wood flew in from the UAE from Al Ain nice. uh, to teach with me 
And, you know, it's just amazing. Our daughters modeled for us, and it was just, it's like, it's so wonderful to have friends in every corner of the world. Right. That's it's a cool so. industry, yeah. So where can people go to find your work and follow you and sign up oh, for your okay. workshops? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, my website is just my name, www.carolinejensen.com. And uh, they can also find me at Click Photo School. Uh, click Photo School. Mm-hmm. Part click, of the Click and Moms Yeah, group. Yeah, go to the clickandmoms.com click, uh, click and click on the tab Click Photo School and plug in my name, Caroline Jensen, and all of my workshops come And up. I noticed on your site you sell a lot of your prints direct, correct? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah I get asked a lot for print sales, so I, I did set that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that successful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Hey, fact checker. Yeah. Did you find out about the JPEGs? I did. What's the story with the JPEGs? <laughs> Joint Photographic Experts Group is who developed it. Um, I, could, I could bore the audience to death with Do they have a he- he- uh, like a headquarters and stuff where they're it, developing this stuff? Like, it what? doesn't sound like it. Um, as far as the How do they make money? Or you know, like <laughs> they developed this thing but everybody uses it, but I, mean, I could read this whole thing, but Go ahead read it. <laughs> Go ahead read it. JPEG XL with a British accent, please. <laughs> um, improved dynamic range, wider color gamut, and it should be 2020 is when they're set to introduce the new JPEG. In a year and a half? Really? It takes a long time for them. Uh, almost two years. Why they're are they set so to slow? come out with a new JPEG? April 2018. What? Target publication. All right, but it's a global standard, so there has to be a governing body that approves. Oh. Is there like a, a president or king of <laughs> king of JPEG? The king of JPEG. <laughs> Who's on this, and what do they do? They do this full time? I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. What have you been doing over here? Uh, drinking high life. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it is an EDU podcast. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. Well, Caroline, thank you uh, for making the time. I know these weeks are crazy, yeah. so we appreciate I you coming by. I think I'll sleep for a week. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When, when do you go back? I uh, fly out tomorrow at 7, so I'll be at the airport probably by 5. Ooh, in the morning? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. early. Yeah. But my, my son came with me, and he has so much swag. He has... He, he won two camera bags. I have to get all the it's a tripod. I have to get all this stuff back home. That's <laughs> awesome. That's good, though. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. How did he win? Just he, randomly? He sat in the booths and listened to talks, and then he would answer questions so he could spin the wheel. Ah. Oh, spin wheel the wheel. Wheel of fortune, but it's wheel of photography. Yeah. 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 We mm-hmm. should make a wheel for our parties, but you yeah. get, like, different kinds of booze. <laughs> or... Things like an actual falcon chicken. Yeah. A falcon chicken? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen a falcon chicken? <laughs> yeah, not you might it. have one on your property. You might. You live it's, in the woods. It's very, okay. it's falcon very, very chicken. bulbous. It it can take up to 30 seconds to actually get off the ground and start flying because it's, it so, it's so bulbous and it's very clumsy. But once it's once it's airborne, it is so sleek and fast. And it, it dive bombs other chickens. And it's just real fast. This it, is an actual bird. Yeah, they're oh, very yeah. rare. They're, they originated originally from originated Berlin. originally. <laughs> yeah, originally they originated uh, Berlin. Uh, there was a, a nest of them there, and then Hong Kong was a big hotbed for them for a while. But the Berlinese are more but rare now. They're we actually saw our first one in between Chicago and St. Louis. Yeah, which was weird. Yeah, it was, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> little known fact. 
Little known fact about falcon chickens. <laughs> falcon chickens. Yeah. But thank you for joining us. We appreciate the conversation. Go to falconchickens.com. There's more information there. <laughs> thank you for having me. You guys are awesome. Well, this has been an RGG EDU podcast. Now get out of here and start shooting. For those of you who might not know what we're doing on Black Friday, should we tell them? No, Let's tease them. Let's give them a little idea. Let's give them a, a glimmer of hope. Okay, so at RGG EDU, we focus on revealing the secrets from working pro photographers and retouching in the industry to give you a leg up on the competition. And why is that? Is it because we believe that the best education comes from those who are working pros? Absolutely, Rob. And we believe that you shouldn't have to go to two to four year school to learn this education. No. Because that's crazy expensive. It's fun, but it's crazy expensive. So we're making photography education accessible to the entire world at rgedu.com. And this Black Friday, we're doing something. We're making an offer so great that we can't even mention it. No, we can't. This microphone microphone would explode if I even thought about it. That's heavy. Go to rgedu.com right now, and you can sign up anywhere, and we will alert you about the Black Friday deals this November 23rd, 2018. Should we sing our jingle? Yeah. Do you finally have a jingle? RGGEDU.com.